0: Brought to you by WakeMed Heart and Vascular. Your heart, your choice. Visit wakemed.org to find a WakeMed Heart and Vascular expert near you. Welcome to the WRL Daily Download. I'm Jack Hagel. Governor Roy Cooper recently returned from Japan. He was there to meet with trade officials and executives as part of a long effort to recruit businesses to North Carolina. Days after his return, Toyota said it would spend billions of dollars to bring 3,000 more jobs to the state. WREL state government reporter Will Doran spoke with Cooper, who shed some light on the confidential discussions that went into wooing Toyota and what these economic development deals mean for his legacy and for the state's future. Will, welcome back. Thanks. Well, let's talk about the latest get for North Carolina. What is this Toyota plant and how does it fit into North Carolina's larger economic picture?
1: So this is a deal that was really years in the making, um, and it is a big battery plant. Actually, Governor Cooper told me it's now going to be the biggest battery plant uh, he believes in the world, uh, getting built just outside of Greensboro. Um, it's set to open in 2025, uh, but really these discussions have been going on for for years now. Uh, they've, they've recently started hiring. Uh, there's going to be eventually more than 5,000 jobs there. going to be paying close to $80,000 on average. But it's also not free for the state. Uh, We're giving Toyota more than $800 million in tax breaks and other incentives. Um, But this is a big kind of theme of Cooper's administration is luring uh, specifically the clean energy manufacturing industry to North Carolina. We've got this Toyota plant. We've got uh, VinFast, which people may have heard of, a Vietnamese electric car company that's set to open up a factory in Chatham County, Uh, Several other examples, uh, we've spent billions of dollars in incentives on luring this new industry to the state.
0: So what is clean energy manufacturing? Uh, Can you define that and tell us what it means more broadly for the North Carolina economy?
1: Yeah. So it's this kind of burgeoning new industry as, you know, car makers start building more electric vehicles, as utility companies start looking more towards, uh, you know, renewable energy. Somebody's got to make all of this stuff. And there's really not a whole lot of infrastructure in place, and so what the governor told me is that he kind of made this decision several years ago to position North Carolina to be the the tip of the spear, basically, uh, as these companies start ramping up, as electric vehicles become more commonplace, as you know, there's a bigger push for offshore wind and electric boats, and you know, just kind of moving towards more climate friendly. Uh, modes of transportation and energy and things like that, and so he thinks that that's going to be a uh, a winning proposition for the state for you know, hopefully generations to come. Now you mentioned that under Cooper's watch, the state has spent
0: billions on lowering these companies. Is there any skepticism around that investment?
1: Sure, I mean, like anything dealing with climate change, it's going to be polarizing. I spoke with Donald Bryson, uh, who leads the conservative John Locke Foundation in Raleigh. Um, he is against government subsidies in general and also really specifically skeptical of the electric vehicle industry. You know, he pointed at me to this recent poll that shows most Americans aren't really interested in buying electric vehicles. They are still pretty expensive. People are concerned about their range. There's some other issues. Um, so he's worried that, you know, we're maybe making this big bet on something that there's not a whole lot of demand for. Um, he also told me that he's worried about the human toll behind all of this stuff. You know, he pointed to human rights violations in China and Africa, where a lot of the minerals that you need to make these batteries get mined. I pointed out, hey, you know, the oil and gas industry has a very similar track record in those same places. And he said, well, you know, to be fair, I don't think the oil and gas industry should be getting government subsidies either. But mostly he fears that this is just a poor strategic decision for the state uh, that Cooper has made. Uh, He believes more for politics than economics, Uh, you know, if electric vehicles do kind of fail to take off. But on the other hand, I also spoke to Gerald Cohen. He's the chief economist for the Keenan Institute of Private Enterprise at UNC, and he thinks Cooper is making the right calls. He says the demand for clean energy isn't being driven by politics, it is being driven by the market, and he thinks that this is an industry that is gonna keep growing. Um, He's a former Obama administration official, former Wall Street guy, uh, he said he actually agrees with Bryson uh, that incentives are probably not a very good thing, but you know everybody does it. He said if every state you know could agree to stop doing incentives, everyone would win. But if you want to play this game of getting factories, you have to offer incentives. So he said the bigger question is really just for state officials to figure out: okay, which industry should we focus on with these incentives, or should we just? Get out of the game entirely and spend these billions of dollars on, you know, bolstering the education system and just kind of, you know, forget about trying to use incentives to lure factories here. Well,
0: let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear more about what goes into getting these deals done and what they could mean for Cooper's legacy. Stick around. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. Welcome back to the WRL Daily Download. We're talking with WRL State Government Reporter Will Doran about job creation in North Carolina. Will these deals can look good for any governor? Job creation is, after all, a bipartisan thing. What does all this mean for Cooper? You know his legacy and his future. You know he's only got about a year left in the job.
1: Yeah, you know I asked him that exact question, um, and he kind of dodged it a little bit. Um, You know, I said, you know, when you are working on these deals, are you, are you thinking about your legacy? Are you thinking about, you know, kind of your next step once you leave the governor's office? And he said, well, you know, I'm really just focused on the day to day. You know, he's still got 14 months left in office. And he, he told me he's actually got um, some, you know, more meetings set up. Uh, and he, he said that, you know, these economic development things are confidential. So he couldn't give too many details. Um, but, you know, he said he's still just trying to focus on you know, kind of running through the finish line here and not really thinking about, you know, okay, does this set him up to, you know, go into, you know, the industry or something like that after he's done being governor. But I also talked with David McLennan. He's a political scientist at uh, Meredith College in Raleigh. Uh, He said, you know, people know Jim Hunt as kind of the education governor. That's his legacy here in North Carolina. And he said, it's not far-fetched to think that, you know, in the future, Cooper could be known as sort of the climate governor. Uh, You know, it's not just things like this, bringing this clean energy industry to North Carolina. It's also things, you know, he signed a big executive order uh, doing the basically the Paris Climate Accords, this big climate treaty uh, that Donald Trump had pulled the U.S. out of, you know, Cooper, put North Carolina back into that. There's been a few other things as well uh, that he's, you know, kind of policies he's tried to drive as governor. So, you know, maybe that is what he's remembered for. But, you know, there's like we said, there's still a a year or more left in his term.
0: Now, Cooper's trip to Tokyo last month, that wasn't his first there as governor. In 2017, you report, he took a secret trip. What did he tell you about that?
1: Yeah, so it was, it sounds like really just kind of this whirlwind time. He was told with less than 24 hours advance notice, hey, the Toyota bosses want to meet with you. Um, He had to actually, you know, run up to D.C. to grab his passport, (laughs) hop on this plane to Tokyo go and basically convince them why they should build a car plant in North Carolina. And we had this site in Greensboro that we wanted to pitch for them that, you know, state officials thought could be good for an auto plant. And so he rushes to Tokyo with a few of his top aides, makes this pitch, and he fails. The plant goes to Alabama instead. And you know it seems at the time like you know this is a big loss for North Carolina but what he told me is he's actually glad that that failed he said you know that was a a window that closed but it was a huge door that opened because he said he you know he kept up these discussions with the Toyota folks even after his pitch didn't work they told him look North Carolina just doesn't have the supply chain the other things in place that we want for a car factory But we're thinking of really expanding our electric vehicle fleet. You know, this is 2017. Things have really taken off since then. And they said, no one really has the supply chain in the U.S. anywhere for that. So, you know, if North Carolina wants to keep partnering with us, you know, here's your opportunity. Like, this is this new market, this new industry. And Cooper just kind of ran with that, he said. And, you know, fast forward five, six years, you know, they've been working. The community college system has been starting new programs, to train people, you know, even some high schools in the Greensboro area have, you know, new classes in place. Um, So there's really kind of been this effort, not just, you know, to get incentives, but to really start training up the workforce here in North Carolina for that.
0: So once a company decides that it wants to come to North Carolina and try to cut some sort of economic incentives deal, how does that come together? Does the governor call up the Secretary of Commerce and say, hey, let's, let's figure this out. You know, you need to make this happen. Or does he call legislative leaders and, and make
1: the pitch for state funding? How does that work? All of the above, yes, and more. Um, you know, the Commerce Department's involved. They were actually, you know, they're they're involved in these trips that Cooper is taking to Japan to, you know, be in these meetings. Legislative leaders know about it. You know, they're obviously in charge of state funding and, you know, helping get these incentives approved. Um, and then you even need, you know, local governments uh, and private developers. You know, a lot of times when these factories are coming in, it's on you know, privately owned land or land that's owned through a public-private partnership. And so, you know, you need to get the county involved, you need to get the city involved. There's a whole lot of moving pieces to make these things work. Um, And so, no, it's not just Cooper who gets the credit for this. Um, You know, there's a whole lot of people, both Democrats, Republicans, non-politicians who are part of making these kind of deals happen. And, you know, if they materialize, it's going to be a big boon for the state. Now, as you report, oftentimes these deals are tied to job creation
0: goals. How often do companies make good on those goals? You know, this is a big sum of money. Governors love to say, hey, we're going to get all of these jobs. Does it always work out exactly as they say it will?
1: No, of course not. Um, you know, anything, you know, in the private industry, you're going to, you know, have misses. You know, maybe the business doesn't end up creating quite as many jobs as it thought it would, or maybe the business just goes out of business entirely, never materializes. Um, you know, there's, uh, I, I mentioned, I spoke with uh, Gerald Cohen from uh, UNC, He mentioned, you know, even Warren Buffett only has about a 56% hit rate, uh, you know, and he's the most successful investor ever. So, you know, you can't really expect uh, government officials to be uh, <laughs> better at uh, picking winners than him. Um, but, you know, th- that's a big part of the reason why Toyota has actually been such a huge prize. I mean, it's, you know, it sells more vehicles than any other company in the world, you know, as far as kind of reliability and stability. People think, hey, this is a pretty safe bet for us to be, you know, sinking our money into. Um, Cooper has come under flack for, you know, taking some kind of long shots on some other things. Um, I mentioned the, the VinFast plant uh, that's going to be, you know, making electric cars in Chatham County once that opens. Recently, its stock has kind of taken a tumble. It has gotten some private investors to kind of come in and, you know, say, hey, we still believe in you. But, you know, there's been a lot of skepticism, um, you know, of of Cooper's critics and also just, you know, other people around the state who say, hey, you know, we we threw it was over a billion dollars in incentives, you know, to this fast plant. And was this really the best idea? Um, We'll see how that pans out. But, yeah, you know, you can never expect everything to work out. But obviously on your biggest bets, you want them to work. Well, we know that you'll be watching uh, how VinFast moves forward and, of course, how Toyota grows in
0: this state. Thanks, Will. Thank you. That's WREL state government reporter Will Doran. For more on his interview with Governor Roy Cooper, visit the NC Capital section of WREL.com. I'm Jack Hagel. Thanks for joining us and thanks for listening to the WRL Daily Download and for making us part of your morning routine. Another great way to get WREL news is the Morning Briefing newsletter. It's a daily email with Triangle news, events, and headlines to help you get ready for the day. Sign up at WRAL.com newsletter. Breaking news. The Designery can give you the kitchen of your dreams. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you, or visit our website at thedesignery.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty-nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at choppacasino.com.